Welcome to the Celebration Church Podcast. We are so glad you've joined us and we hope you are encouraged by today's message. our speaker today. We have an incredible speaker. She's a guest speaker, but not really a guest because she's a daughter in this house. Um, she's an inc- she travels all over the country and all over the United States speaking to conferences and events, and she's an author. She has a great book that we have in our, in our bookstore that you can buy, and she'll be signing books today after the service here and at Sisterhood United tomorrow night. But, um, you know, Mercy is not just a speaker, but she's a lover of people and she's a lover of God's church and she's a church builder. And I know that you're gonna be so incredibly blessed by the word that she has today. So would you do me a favor and join with me in giving your very best celebration welcome to our speaker today, Mercy Lokalutu. Good morning, church. Listen, while you're on your feet, can you just stay standing? Because before I go any further, I just wanna give honor where honors due. I just wanna honor our lead pastors, Stovall and Carrie Weems. They are, I just honor you. Thank you. This house changed my life and it's because they saw potential in me. And if you call celebration in your home church, you need to plant yourself in this house. Stay in the house of God, because what God is doing here is phenomenal. So I just honor you. Thank you for this opportunity to speak into this house. Thank you. Thank you. Come on, church. Let's give it up. All right, you can take your seats. Such an honor to be with you all. I bring you greetings from DC Metro Church up in Virginia. We're up in Maryland now, um, and we love it up there. I felt like it wouldn't be Mother's Day if I didn't bring a picture of my kids. So I brought a little picture of my little chocolate nuggets. We're going to have throw them up there. Look at how adorable they are. Oh my gosh. So great. My, my kids, you know my kids are so funny. My son, literally the other day, well, maybe a couple months ago, asked me, mom, do we use brown sugar because we're brown people? <laughs> First of all, A plus for critical thinking. <laughs> Second of all, I do not know how to answer this question. <laughs> maybe, I don't know. And my, my daughter, the other day, I'm, I'm offering her snacks, as we all do as moms, and I said, Ava, would you like a fruit snack? And this girl looked at me and said, no, thank you. I'd like a pony. <laughs> I'm sorry, that, that was not an option. <laughs> but wouldn't you know it? In that moment, as she said those words, the Holy Spirit really did something on the inside of me. I felt challenged by her boldness. She had this absolute expectation that good things were coming in her way, regardless of what the actual reality around her. A pony was not offered to her, but the extent of her imagination reached out for it and brought it into her reality. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is awesome. This is amazing. And that's what we're going to talk about today is this This thing called radical hope, there's something about absolutely expecting good things to come your way, even though what's around you doesn't necessarily speak to that. Radical hope, you know what? I think it's interesting that when we talk about hope sometimes, we can get a little wishy-washy, it's a little nebulous, it's a little like optimistic hoping, like, oh gosh, I hope, you know, I hope I get this job, or or, I hope I lose five pounds by the summer, you know, or, or I hope my marriage works out, or... Or or I hope the Jaguars finally draft Tim Tebow. What in the world? Can we get it together, Jaguars? Or or I hope the Gators beat the Bulldogs this year. I never know how that's going to work out. Right? I'm so ready for football season, aren't you? 
So, so there's this thing about hope. We, we hope for things. God, I hope this works out. I hope my marriage, hope my kids work, start acting properly. I hope, I hope, I hope. But in reality, radical hope is not wishy-washy. It's not nebulous. Radical hope can only be imparted to us through the person of the Holy Spirit. There's something about hope that comes from our knowledge that Jesus Christ is on the throne that can embolden us to have hope even in hopeless situations. There was nothing about that fruit snack that I offered to Ava to dream of a pony. There was something in her heart that brought life to that dream. There was something in her, this boldness that she had. I'm gonna talk about that today, radical hope. We can't fake that kind of hope. You can't fake it till you make it. You can't will yourself. It's not a product of your own strength. It is embodiment of the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. I love what Pastor Stovall said. It's brilliant. The Father wills it. The Son declares it. But who makes it happen? The Holy Spirit. That's the hope we're talking about. So if you've got your Bible with you, if you turn to Hebrews 10, so we're going to land today. Maybe you've got an iPad, iPhone, or some degree or measure of Inus that we all have, right? Hebrews 10, we're gonna start in verse 15. We're gonna read the first part of verse 15. We're gonna jump down to verse 19. Hebrews 10 says, but the Holy Spirit also witnesses to us. Did you know that? The Holy Spirit witnesses to you. God, the Holy Spirit, witnesses to us. And then verse 19 says, therefore, because of that, let us have boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which he consecrated for us through the veil that is his flesh. Having a high priest over the house of God, what does it tell us to do? Let us draw near. Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience, our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. Hold fast the confession of your hope without wavering because he who promised is faithful. Radical hope. Bow your heads, let's pray. Father, we just thank you so much for this time in your presence. God, I just ask that the Holy Spirit would do what only you can do, God. I must decrease that you would increase, Father. As always, God, I pray that I would speak your words and not mine, Father. Let it be your wisdom and not my wisdom. Let it be your revelation and not my revelation, Jesus. I pray today, God, this will not be a transfer of information from my mouth to their hearts. I pray for a divine, supernatural impartation from heaven. Father, take from what is yours, deposit it into our hearts today. Radical hope. Let hope arise in Jesus' name. We love you, God. We worship you. Now unto him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, over and above all we can ask, think, or even dare to imagine. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. Is there hope, church? Is there hope today? Is there hope for a married couple in here on the brink of divorce? Is there hope for you going through addiction, habits, hangups, sins over and over and over? Is there hope for that child who's left the church, left what they know is out in the world? Is there hope today? Maybe you're a mom in here, a pregnant woman. You went to the doctor and they said, you know what? There's no heartbeat. Is there hope? Is there hope? When you lose people you love, when you deal with depression, anxiety, you know, it's easy to look at the world around us today and be a little hopeless. I mean, you want to be depressed? Just watch CNN for like two seconds. 
seriously. Our world's exceedingly dark. I don't have to go but 30 minutes from my house to inner city Baltimore and see what's happening. Rioting and looting and violence and murder. It's easy to look at our world, young people taking their own lives, a generation being taken out. It's easy to be hopeless. I look at my own country of Nigeria where 200 young girls were snatched in broad daylight simply because they went to school. Is there hope, church? How can we have hope when this is our world that we live in? Is there hope? My Bible tells me that our hope is not lost. Our hope is not dead. We can have hope in the face of obstacles. We can have hope in the face of issues because our hope is in Jesus Christ and he sits on the throne. And in the end, we win, no matter what happens. Because he lives, church, you can face tomorrow. That's where our hope lies. That's where radical hope comes from. The Holy Spirit witnesses to us. The Holy Spirit is telling us, because Jesus lives, you can draw near to him in the holiest. You don't have to wait for one priest one day a year to access the presence of God. When God went to the cross, he took your sins and mine, past, present, and future. Put them on his son, Jesus Christ. So he who knew no sin became sin. Wow. So you and I would be right before God. That's amazing. That is incredible. As he hung on the cross, he said, it is finished. It is finished. That is where our hope lies, church. He did not say to be continued. Some of us are trying to continue what Christ already finished on the cross. He said, te telestai. It is finished. That's where our hope lies. The Holy Spirit witnesses to us in our situations. We can have radical hope because Jesus Christ, when he went to the cross, church, he's not mad at you. He put that on Jesus at the cross. When he went to that cross on Calvary, make no mistake about it. Jesus Christ did not just die for you. He died as you. You were supposed to be on that cross. I was supposed to be on that cross. I said, no, no, I'd rather die than live without him. That's much, how much I love them. So he went to that cross. That's where our hope lies. You see, if you look for hope in anybody or anything other than Jesus Christ, what you're doing is you have a God-sized problem. You're looking for a man-sized solution. It's not going to work. It's not going to work. Jesus is saying, it's in me. I am your hope. I am alive. Our hope is alive. It's in the person of Jesus Christ. God is looking for some Christians who can look difficulty in the face and say, you know what? Greater is he who's in me than he who's in the world. No matter what it looks like right now, I may be hard pressed on every side, but I'm not gonna despair. I may be crushed right now, but on the inside, I'm getting weighty. On the inside, God is growing in me. Because he lives, church, we can face tomorrow. This is the kind of hope you cannot manufacture on your own. You need the power of the Holy Spirit to do it. So if you're taking notes today, my first point is that the Holy Spirit empowers us to have radical hope. It is the Holy Spirit that empowers us to do that, church. Romans 15, 13 says this. May the God of your hope so fill you with all joy and peace in believing through the experience of your faith. That is important. Through the experience of your faith, that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound and be overflowing, bubbling over with hope. The God of our hope fills us with joy and peace through the experience of our faith. The Bible does not say through the knowledge of our faith because knowledge and experience are two different things. 
It's one thing to know about labor, ladies. It is a whole other thing to experience that hot diggity mess that is labor. <laughs> it's one thing to have a knowledge of God. It's another thing to have experience with the person of Jesus Christ. You see, if you're looking for hope today, you need to know one thing. You cannot know the hope of God if you don't know this God of hope. It's so easy for us to become familiar with the things of God. Are there any preacher's kids in the house today? Preacher's kids, church rats, oh, y'all, we just need to hold hands, sing kumbaya. We need an altar moment for all of us. We need therapy, probably, quite frankly. Because it's so easy when you grow up around the things of God, when you're so familiar, you know, you know when to amen, you know when to high five, you know what songs to sing, you know what facade to put on. It's easy to be familiar with the things of God, church, without ever being intimate with the person of Jesus Christ. You see, it's good to know the Psalms. It's good to recite the Psalms, but it's much better to walk with the shepherd. Because then you know him. You know him, and that God of hope fills you. So come hell or high water, you said, you know what? I know this God I serve. I've walked with him. I know his character. I know the plans he has. You can start to have this hope that comes through the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. Some of us need radical hope today. We need radical hope. Don't try to medicate it away. Don't try to numb your pain. Hope, it says hold on. Your pain will end one day. Hold on. There's light at the end of the tunnel. It may look bad right now, but if you just hold on, if you go through walking with Jesus Christ, he who is in you is greater than he who's in the world. He will give you everything we need. The Spirit is the one who witnesses to us about our confession of hope. You know that practically speaking, honestly, church, radical hope is not something we have to wait for. It's not something we have to engineer our, on our own. It comes down to the choices that we make, especially when we're going through difficulty. Because the truth of the matter is that wisdom is not the one who knows the most. Wisdom is the one who chooses the best. And sometimes when we go through situations, we, we want an easy out. We want shortcuts. And God is saying, I'm not so concerned about your comfort around you. I'm concerned about who you're becoming on the inside of you as you walk through this. So he allows us to go through the fire. He allows us to go through the water. And we come to a place of rich fulfillment because we become more like him. Radical hope. We need it, church. We need it. Jeremiah 29, 11. I love it. You probably know this if you've been in church for a while. It says, for I know the thoughts I think toward you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of what? Thoughts of peace and not of evil. Some of you are debilitated by fear. I pray that spirit would leave you in the name of Jesus Christ. His thoughts towards you are thoughts of peace and not of evil. You've been staying up at night, fearful, anxious. He's saying, I know the thoughts I have for you. Thoughts of peace, not of evil. To give you a future and what? Let's see, like we mean a church. Give you a future and a? He is the one who gives us that hope. He says, it's me. I'm the one, I'm, I'm the one who needs you. You need to come to me for that. The situation that you're in, the solution to your problem is not what you need. What you need is the person of Jesus Christ. Some of you are asking God questions and he's not giving you an answer. He's giving you himself because that is always the answer. He's saying just come to me, bring it to me. Don't look to your husband to do what only I can do. Don't look to your wife to do what only I can do. Don't look to your children to satisfy. Don't look to your job, your situation, your money. Whatever those things that we hold on to, those things become hopeless at some point or another. Hopeless situations. We need radical hope, empowered by the Holy Spirit. 
But the truth of the matter is that sometimes church, what we do is we pay God lip service. We tell him we have hope. We sing about hope. Then when the situation gets tough, we act like he's still in the grave. Our confession does not line up with our actions and our conduct. And, and you know, God's heart breaks for that. He says, these people in Matthew 15, 8, they draw near to me with their mouth. They honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far away from me. It's our hearts, church. That's where the battle for hope is raging. It is your heart. What has your heart? Is it the solution to your problem or is it Jesus Christ? What are you putting your hope in? Where are we putting our hope in? Marital issues do come up. Financial pressure does come up. Illness happens. Death happens. Life happens. Where is your heart? Where is your heart? You know, I think it's so interesting that some people, you know, I hear people complain about like tithing. They're like, I can't believe God wants 10% of my money. Like that's kind of steep. I even thought that at some point. You know, when you're broke, 10% can be a lot. I mean, 10% of nothing is nothing. But then when you have something, you're like, whoa, 10%, that's a lot. And they're like, you know, I can't believe God wants 10% of my money. I think to myself, you're missing the entire point. Church, God does not want 10% of your money. He wants 100% of your heart. He does. But he knows wherever your treasure is, there your heart will be. So he says, I want to save you from, my, from yourself. You just put me first. Where's your heart, church? Where's our heart? Where's our heart? Where are we putting our hope? Where are we putting our desires? Where are we, we need to be putting it in Jesus Christ. Some of us, we're going through tests right now. I mean, just battle after battle. Life is piling on the pain. Can I just tell you, even if you're going through a test right now, there's good news. There is hope. If you hang on, this too shall pass. It's just a test. You know, growing up in Christian school, we um, would have teachers that would love to give us these things. I don't know if you guys experienced the terror of the pop quiz. What in the world? What is that about? Do not be popping anything on me when I'm rolling in this class in the morning. We had this one science teacher, Mr. Bussy. I remember him because he was evil. <laughs> he was like, just like a free spirit, you know, like hug a tree, kiss a rock. Let's make our own muesli. Let's make our own manure. He'd have us, Nigerian kids, bring our trash from home to science class. We were all like, what is up with the crazy white man? Why does he want my trash? Like made our own fertilizer and all this stuff. And one day I walked into class, Mr. Busty, as usual, all right, kids, pop quiz day. And we're like, oh my gosh, seriously. And then he said something that was very interesting. Mr. Busty said that day, but don't worry, kids. It's an open book test today. Praises to the Lamb of God. <laughs> that is amazing. It changed everything, church. So no matter what you're going through right now, church, it is a test. But don't worry. It's an open book test. It is an open book test. The word of God has everything we need, church. There are some things that have to happen with the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. The word is the thing that fills us up so we can overflow with the Holy Spirit. It's an open book test. You can pass this test. The book is open. You can find the answers right there. God is saying, come to me. I am all that you need. Our hope is in him, church. Bible says all the promises of God are where? In him, yes. And in him, amen. It's in him. So the second point today, not only does the Holy Spirit empower us to have radical hope, the Holy Spirit emboldens us. There's a boldness about radical hope. 
My daughter that day, the way she looked at me, y'all, she had an absolute expectation that she was getting that pony. She did not doubt. I was like, I don't know who you think you are, little girl. You are not Sophia the First. You, you better check yourself before you wreck yourself. It is a fruit snack or goldfish. Relax. There was something in her. The way she looked at me, she was like, no, thank you. I would like a pony. Where is it? She does that all the time. I would take her to Toys R Us, and she would be like, can I have this toy? I'm like, no, you may not. You have a million toys. And, she said, and she'd go, that's okay. I'll ask my daddy. It's like, where is, this? where is the switch when you need it? I will lay hands on this child up in Toys R Us today. She has this boldness. She knows if I go to my father, I have an absolute expectation that good things are coming from him. Oh, I love it. Church, there's a boldness that the Holy Spirit gives us when we have radical hope. Acts 4, in verse 13, it talks about the apostles, Peter and John. Acts 4:13 says, Now when they, the Sanhedrin, saw the boldness of Peter and John, they perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men. They marveled. Oh, how I love this. They marveled, and they realized one thing about Peter and John, that they had been with Jesus. Even the world cannot deny when you walk closely with the Father. In verse 31, it says, when they prayed, Peter and John, the place where they assembled together was shaken. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit. They spoke the word of God with boldness. These two unschooled men just schooled the rabbis. They knew nothing other than I've been with him and what he has, I want. So I'm going to walk closely with him and that's how you have radical hope. That's how it happens. There's a boldness. There's a power. The power of the Holy Spirit is on you for you. It's upon you for others. He says, I want you to come. The gospel of the Holy Spirit is not one where we accumulate all of our power together. It's one where you come in, you're filled with the Holy Spirit, and it's disseminated into the world around you. That's what the Holy Spirit is for. It's not just for us. So we can be a witness to the world. Isn't that what Acts 1.8 says? The Holy Spirit comes upon you. You're going to have power to hang around each other, to hang out and have potluck. No. You have power so you can go out and be my witnesses in Judea to the ends of the very earth. Our earth needs it. Watch the news. Our earth needs the radical hope that we have in Jesus Christ. I spoke at a, at a, at a high school in Kentucky three weeks ago. This high school I spoke at. The last one month, they had three suicides. Young people being taken out. Church, our, our world needs the hope on the inside of us. And there's something about the Holy Spirit that emboldens us to have hope. Radical, bold hope through the Holy Spirit is a witness to the world. You know, my own personal life, just a few months ago, my sister got deathly ill. She suffers from sickle cell anemia. She was very sick. It was bad. I'm a nurse. I saw her lab levels. She was close to dead. And so I'm on the phone with my family in Nigeria. We're going back and forth. They, they call me and tell me it's bad. She's lost consciousness. They had to resuscitate her. She needed a life-saving condition um, treatment called plasmapheresis. They only do it in South Africa. So we needed to get her an air ambulance from Nigeria to fly her to South Africa. Now, y'all, Nigerians don't play no games. They said, we need $175,000 cash on a weekend in Nigeria. Talk about a hopeless situation. My husband, my family, we're looking at, us, looking at each other like, even if we all donated our collective kidneys right now and sold them on the black market, we cannot come up with this money. There are some situations when God is all you have, you realize he really is all you need because it's hopeless otherwise. There was something, church, on the inside of me. I cannot explain it. I just felt, God, I'm going to believe. I'm going to actually have hope 
Because what you don't understand is my family, we've been through this before. We lost my mother, my youngest brother, to the same illness of sickle cell in the span of three years. So you know how the enemy comes. Here we go again. It's happening again. God's disappointing you again. God is betraying you again. I said, you know what? I've taken this test before. It's an open book test. I got my Bible. I went in my, in my closet. I started to pray. I started to thank God. I had no idea where this money was coming from. Y'all, I was locked in there so long. My kids started like to send me SOS messages. My son was like, we are hungry. And then he like, <laughs> he like pushed the note under the door. <laughs> like 10 minutes later, he was like, we need food. <laughs> And then he pushed it under the door. And I, I yelled to him, I was like, listen, whatever you can reach in the pantry, do you, boo. That's on you. I need to get to Jesus. I need to get to Jesus. I started to pray. I started to just thank God. Church, can I just tell you, when we have radical hope, it witnesses to the world. The amount of miracles that God did in the situation, not only did we get every single cent of $175,000 cash on a holiday weekend in Nigeria. Not only that, as they were flying to South Africa, the country of Namibia said, we, you can't fly in our airspace. We, we're not sure if she has Ebola because they had to stop and refuel there. They said, we're not going to let them come. We were praying. We were interceding. The, the prime minister of health in Namibia called my sister and said, we're going to let you guys refuel. Refuel and head on to South Africa. They got to South Africa. This was like during the Ebola scare. South Africa said, we're not going to accept her here because she may have Ebola. Do you know that the Prime Minister of Health, we do not know these people. We do not have their numbers. They contacted my sister in Nigeria and said, the lady literally said to her, I don't know why I'm doing this. Come on, Jesus. I know why. She said, I don't know why I am doing this. I'm going to let this plane land, we're going to treat her. Church, do you know that before this plane even took off from Nigeria, the anesthesiologist texted my sister and said, she's already doing better. Before a single doctor even touched her. Not just that, the world around us thought, who are these people that God in heaven is moving heaven and earth and governments and authorities for one person? That is our God. That is our God. He's amazing. He's incredible. Oh, come on, church, let's give it up for him. He's awesome. He is awesome. I can't make it up. Hope, church, radical hope in the person of Jesus Christ. Your situation may not be as dramatic as mine. I don't know what you're going through. You can have hope. It's a choice that we make. I made a choice that day in my closet. I said, God, I'm gonna pass this test. I've been down this way before. I'm gonna pass this test. I'm gonna believe you. I'm gonna take you at your word. Church, we can have radical hope. In the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross. 2 Corinthians 3.12, it says, we have, since we have such a hope, we are very bold. We have a joyful and confident expectation. We speak freely, openly, fearlessly. Why? Why can we have this hope? Church, you realize that when we have hope, it's because right now, Christ is seated at the right hand of God interceding for you. I don't know if that blows your mind or not. Jesus Christ is seated at the right hand of God, interceding on your behalf. So when the accuser of the brethren comes up and says, did you see how crazy she was today? You, you, you saw how she cheated on her taxes, right? You saw how he cheated at work. You saw how he talked to his wife. You saw, when he comes and accuses us, Christ sits at the right hand of God to intercede. 
What you need to understand is that in the Old Testament, the Old Covenant, the high priest always stood to intercede for people. He was always busy working, serving, trimming candlesticks, doing the incest, fixing the showbread. The high priest stood, always working. Our high priest sits at the right hand of God. It is a finished work that he's done. So he sits. That's a very interesting posture for Jesus to take, isn't it? He's sitting, chilling, just chillaxing. You are freaking out. Christ is seated at the right hand of God. No longer working. He does. Have you ever seen a lawyer make their closing remarks in a court case to prove their defendant's innocence seated? Never. They're up. They're gesticulating. They're articulating. They're dramatic. They're trying to prove this point that my defendant is innocent. Your God is seated. Your high priest, Jesus, is seated at the right hand of God. He is comfortable because he knows his case is secure. It's an open and shut case. It is a finished work on Calvary. Church, do you understand one thing? When the enemy comes to accuse you, you can have hope no matter your situation because Jesus Christ does not have to gesticulate and articulate to prove your innocence. His words don't have to make intercession for us, church. You know why? Because his wounds do. What you need to understand is that Jesus Christ, seated at the right hand, does not make intercession for you, church. He is intercession for you. Just by existing. Just by being who he is. He proves your innocence. He proves your victory. No matter what diabolic entity comes against you, no scheme of man, no plan of the enemy can change it. Nothing you do can undo the cross. It is finished. In the end, we win. No matter what, we have the victory because Jesus Christ, seated at the right hand of the Father. Oh, it's an amazing revelation. I'm so in love with Jesus when I think of that. My sin, he loves us so much, church. He cares about us. What you're going through, you're not in it by yourself. God sees the tears you cry. The Bible says he actually puts them in a bottle. That's how much he loves us. The very hairs on your head, church, they're not just counted. Each one has a number. That's how much he loves us. I don't know what impossible situation you're facing, but can I just tell you, impossible is where God actually starts. Just when it looks like there's no hope, God says, I am hope. It is in me. I'm seated at the right hand, interceding for you. Oh, come on, church. He loves you. He cares about you. You can have radical hope today. Our intercessor, seat, seated at the right hand. Your case is secure. There is no discussion necessary. He is intercession for you, church. You know, I don't know where you're at in your walk with the Lord. I don't know where you need hope in your situation, but I'm just here to tell you today, listen. Jesus Christ loves you. He cares about you. This church is where God changed my life. There's something about being planted in the house of God, church, walking with him closely enough that you know him. You're not just familiar with the things of God. You're intimate with the person of God. And for the ladies in here tonight, I just want to encourage you, come to sisterhood tomorrow night. I have such a word on my heart. There's something fabulous that happens when the daughters of the king gather. The father always shows up because his daughters are gathering. Church, we need hope. Our world needs us to have hope. As the band comes up, as we close, can I just tell you, 
The Holy Spirit is what we need to empower us to hope again. There's hope that bubbles up from the inside of us. It cannot be contained any longer. That's the kind of hope God wants for you today. Wherever you are, if you would, just bow your head. Father, we just thank you for this word, God. You know, I wonder as I'm talking about being intimate with the person of Jesus Christ, maybe you're listening and if you're honest with yourself, you don't really know this man, Jesus. Being in church does not make you a Christian. Being a good person does not make you a Christian. You actually have to make a decision to make Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior. You have to make a decision to enter into a relationship with him. And today I'm gonna give you that opportunity. It's the best part of any service to watch people repent, change their mind, change the direction of their life and surrender to Jesus Christ fully. So if that is you and you need to either surrender your heart to God for the very first time or you made that decision at one point, but if you're honest with yourself, your actions are not lining up with that confession any longer and you need to rededicate your life to Jesus. No moving around, let's just make this a sacred moment. The Holy Spirit is doing something in this room. That is you need to surrender yourself to Jesus, make a decision that Jesus Christ is now going to be the Lord of your life, either for the first time, thank you for raising your hand, you're awesome, or you're rededicating yourself, just raise your hand to heaven, bold, raise it high so I can see it. Yeah, hands up all over this room. Oh, this is phenomenal, church. Heaven is having a party for you. Come on, there's still time. Raise your hand, raise it high, be bold in your confession. Yeah. Up in the rafters, up in the bleachers there, I see your hands, raise them to heaven, God sees them. Be just five more seconds, if you need to make that confession, make Jesus your Lord and Savior, yep. Five, yes, four, awesome, three, oh, hands up everywhere, two, so good, one, great, if you raised your hand, oh, I've prayed for you, I've prayed for this moment, just put your hand down and just repeat this prayer with me with all your heart, mean it with all your heart, the Bible says if you confess with your mouth, believe in your heart, you are saved, so say this prayer with me in church, let's just say it with them to help them along, say, dear Jesus, thank you for dying for my sins, I receive your free gift of salvation. I want to be a Christian, a follower of Jesus Christ all the days of my life. I confess with my mouth, and I believe in my heart that Jesus is Lord and that God raised him from the dead and I am saved. Amen and amen. Come on church, let's give it up for all those people. So amazing. All those hands. Listen, don't leave here without getting a touch from someone to give you your next steps. We'll give you some more direction on that. So proud of you for making that decision. Church, we will just rise to our feet. Let's just make this a sacred moment. Some of us need hope in here today. So at this time, I just want you to, as you go into this next song, church, you know what's going on in your life. God knows. Some of you need a touch from heaven today of radical hope. Whatever that thing is you came in with, leave it here and leave different. If you would, just close your eyes as we go to God in prayer one more time before we go into this next song. Father, we thank you for your hope. Because you live, God, we can face tomorrow. 
thank you for every soul in this room under the sound of my voice that come against the spirit of fear. Your thoughts more are the thoughts of peace and not of evil. We thank you for this moment, God. Holy Spirit, do what only you can do. Let no flesh go in your presence, God. We're sitting under an open heaven. It's an impartation of radical hope right now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Thank you for tuning in to today's podcast. For more information about Celebration Church or to get in touch with us, please visit celebration.org.